Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. We are now a full week into this new year. And since this is the first episode of 2022, I felt like this would be a perfect opportunity to share the most valuable lessons that I learned last year in 2021. I have 10 of them I want to share here, and I will end each section with some things for you to think about and reflect on as we move through the year. So here we go. Here are the 10 lessons that I learned in 2021. Hey friends, I'm Nurse Coach Sean, and this is my podcast. In this podcast, I will be sharing with you how to create a well and balanced life that connects with who you truly are, whether it be a meditation or mindfulness practice, an insightful interview, or just sharing my own journey and expertise on different life and wellness topics. Hopefully, if you're listening, you will walk away feeling more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to cultivate radical self-love. This is your encouragement to create a more fulfilling and vibrant life for yourself. This is your invitation to lean into your curiosity and intuition. Together, let's build a compassionate space through which to heal. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. So the first lesson that I learned in 2021 was slowing down and taking time to rest and just how important rest is to me. As a nurse in the hospital, I had zero time to rest and it was really unhealthy for me. I was working nights. I was working 12-hour shifts, overtime every single week. So The idea of slowing down and resting was so foreign to me. Everyone has a different lifestyle and a different way that they process things. And that is why we slow down and take time to rest so that we can create space in our life and process things that happen to us and make decisions on how to move forward. And the key here is that rest and slowing down looks different for everyone. So this is what slowing down and prioritizing rest looked like for me in 2021. I did a lot of uh, meditation practices. I'm a huge advocate of mindfulness and meditation, and I can actively tell how it affects my day-to-day life whenever I'm not practicing these things. And even simple things like taking a few deep grounding breaths before a meeting or before getting out of bed, um, these things can be super helpful in your day-to-day life. And like I said, this can look super different for everyone. If you are into meditation or you're not, um, finding a way to slow yourself down and drop into a more mindful space is super important. Another way that I would slow down and prioritize rest is to not overbook myself. This was really hard for me um, towards the end of the year. But um, the way that I usually do this is to review my calendar and take a hard look at whether or not the things on my calendar are a productive and healthy use of my time and energy. I feel like I also just spent more time in the present moment. So I tried really hard to connect with myself more and create more awareness of how I'm currently showing up in my life and where my energy leaks are. 
So I journal a lot. I do a lot of reflection exercises. And I really try to remind myself that rest is productive. I think we can get so caught up in the productivity mindset where all we do is work and work. And if we need a day to sit and not do anything and just be, we tend to judge ourselves and be harsh with ourselves about not being productive or not getting anything done. And in reality, slowing down and making space for rest is one of the most productive things that we can do. Because this is us allowing ourselves to process what is happening in our life and what it all means and why we are working and doing what we're doing. I want to encourage you after listening to this episode to take out a notebook or a piece of paper and a pen and and think about what does rest look like for me? How can I incorporate time into my schedule this year to slow down and recenter myself? And how can I use this act of slowing down to my advantage? So lesson number two for me was being unattached to the outcome. 2021 was a huge year for me as far as life changes, career changes, and just expanding the network of people that I serve as a nurse and as a healer. It can be really hard as someone who is an empath or a people pleaser or just naturally strives to help and serve people powerfully all the time. It's hard to let go of that attachment to the outcome of whatever we're trying to do, whether that be to bring a group of people together to grow your business, to get fit and healthy, maybe cultivate deeper relationships with people, what have you. And sometimes we get really caught up in the desire and the need to have it all work out a certain way. Some of you I know are also people pleasers like me. And as people pleasers, if things don't work out the way we want them to, we tend to make that a reflection of us, that we did something wrong, that we're not good enough, that it is our fault if a negative outcome happens And really, the outcome is not in our hands. It's never in our hands. As much as we feel like it will make us happier or more comfortable to have that control and be able to predict how something will turn out, it really does us a huge disservice to put so much pressure on ourselves like that. It only increases our anxiety and stress, and it just negatively impacts our overall well-being if we dwell on that outcome. We only have control over our own actions, our own decisions, the energy that we put out into the world, and the energy that we are open to receive. And once we learn to let go of what may or may not be, practice being more present and living in our purpose, things just tend to fall into place and work out the way that they are supposed to. And if it's not the way that we pictured, we pivot and life goes on. And we get to learn and make new decisions from there. So huge lesson for me this year personally is to let go of that attachment and let what will be, be. So something that you can reflect on is how can you allow yourself to let go? What would happen if you completely detached yourself from the outcome and just showed up the way that you want to? Lesson number three is learning the concept of of energy management versus time management. 
speaking as a woman, you know, women operate on a cycle. There are certain points in the month, in the week, even in the day and the whole year where our energy ebbs and flows in this cycle. There are so many variations in our hormone fluctuations. And of course, it depends on where we are in our cycle, what phase of life we're in, etc. I've found that operating on a 24-hour workday system, basically trying to squeeze in as many things and to-dos into our calendar as we can, does not serve us and our productivity. This past year, I have really been leaning into this cyclical feminine type energy and have been attempting to plan around the times when I know for sure that my energy will be at its highest and scheduling rest and thinning out my calendar when I see patterns of lower energy times for me. This whole approach to planning is very new to me. So this is something that I want to explore a lot deeper this year in 2022 But it has really blown my mind being introduced to this concept last year, and I'm really looking forward to diving deeper into it this year. I am going to link some resources in the show notes for y'all on this concept of cyclical living and planning, um, but I've really felt like it's a more fluid and aligned concept for me to use rather than the concept of time management. My question for you in regards to this lesson that I've learned is what comes up for you when you hear the phrase energy management versus time management? Which one of those resonates better with you? And what does managing your energy look like for you this year? Lesson number four, standing in leadership. This year was a really big turning point for me as far as embracing my skills and abilities as a leader. And I also realized that we are all leaders in our own way. It doesn't really matter if you have the typical leadership type personality. It doesn't matter if you are introverted or extroverted or really great on social media or extremely awkward. Personality type isn't always what makes a great leader. This year, I have experienced a lot of imposter syndrome and lack of belief that I could lead in the way that I felt called to, but there is always something that you bring to the table. And I really had to learn this about myself this year. Every single one of us has a place where we can shine in leadership, whether that be in your family, in your circle of friends in your network, in business. Leadership doesn't have to mean someone who knows how to work a room or someone who is super organized and knows how to plan things really well. I want you guys to think about what makes you a leader. Where do you shine? What skills and value do you bring to the table as a leader? Because you do bring value. When I started to lean into the different things that I could bring as a leader, I really started to feel empowered and to feel more confident that I could help people in a powerful way. And that's all I want to do. Lesson number five has been listening to my body. Because this has been such a crazy year for me, it has been extremely eye-opening, even just paying attention to the way that my body feels when I eat certain foods, when I don't drink enough water, 
when I move my body in a way that is overexerting or that doesn't feel good, being more aware and in tune with my body has significantly helped my overall well-being this year. Our bodies have so much wisdom when it comes to us and how we live and operate in this world. Our bodies can tell when something is not aligned physically, emotionally, mentally. It has that wisdom. I have really taken note of every time my body has not felt good this year, and it always leads to something that is misaligned. It may be increased stress. It may be food that doesn't agree with me and my body. Sometimes my body's telling me where my energy levels are at so that I can either do certain tasks or projects or schedule some time to rest. It has been freeing to allow my body to speak its wisdom and to listen to what it's telling me and using that wisdom to help guide my decisions. So for all of you listening, what does listening to your body look like? How can you utilize your body's wisdom and operate every day in a way that is in alignment? Lesson number six is feeling my feelings. (laughs) I have always been an emotional person, like I said earlier, and I've never been one to shy away from my emotions. (laughs) Um, For those of you who know me personally, you know how emotional I am. But with all of the changes and new adventures that I have taken on this year, I have seen more clearly the importance of feeling my feelings to their fullest capacity and not to numb out. I did notice with myself that whenever I would encounter something challenging, especially with starting my coaching practice and transitioning from the hospital setting to working from home, I found myself using things like scrolling on social media and junk food and TV to turn my brain off and avoid some of these complex feelings of imposter syndrome and self-doubt and anxiety, feeling like I'm not good enough. And I would turn to these unhealthier habits to avoid feeling those emotions entirely. As an empath, I tend to feel things very deeply. And for those of you who are really into the different like personality tests, the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagrams, I am an ENFP and an Enneagram 2. And if you know what either of those are, and if you are either one of these, you also know that whenever you feel emotions that are considered negative, like sadness, anxiety, grief, self-doubt, all of those things It's painful and it can be really scary. When you feel an emotion, it manifests in your body in some way and it can feel really overwhelming to allow those emotions to fully be released. I have noticed a huge difference though in the times that I've allowed myself to feel fully and the times that I haven't. And even though it is scary and painful to allow those feelings to fully be experienced, the overall effect on my physical and emotional mental wellness is significantly less. So I want you guys to think about what things you do to avoid feeling uncomfortable feelings. And what things do you do to numb these emotions? What is standing in your way of allowing yourself to feel? And how can you open yourself up 
to those emotions without judgment. Lesson number seven, I have learned to trust my intuition. This year, I have had so much opportunity to lean more and more into my intuition as I've gone through a lot of change in 2021. Something I have taken notice of is that often my intuition pushes me to do things that make me uncomfortable. And instead of either ignoring or avoiding that feeling, I have been really trying to open myself up more to accepting what my intuition is guiding me to, even if it lies outside of what I'm usually comfortable with. Whenever you feel that nudge to say something or do something or create something that feels so right in your body, but also brings up feelings like fear or doubt, that is usually your intuition giving you a nudge. And as someone who is very emotional, very in tune with my emotions, I always used to think that being overly emotional was a weakness or a flaw. And I thought that my emotions would be too much for people. It was always something that I felt self-conscious about. But I've been exploring the idea that maybe as a highly sensitive person, I'm not too much, but I might just experience a heightened sense of intuition. And when I explore that concept a little bit more, it feels right to believe that rather than something being wrong with me or me not being normal. It's honestly helped me make decisions that feel more aligned with me when I trust my intuition. So here's what I want you to reflect on. What has your intuition been pulling you towards or away from? And how can you start learning to trust that more this year? Lesson number eight, stepping out of my comfort zone. I feel like I reach new levels of this every single year, but this year is another year of me embracing what lies outside of my comfort zone. As I said earlier in the episode, lots of change for me this year and a lot of me stepping more into my purpose. And that meant leaving behind a lot of things that I knew very well, mainly working in the hospital as a nurse. So this year, I've been surrounded by a lot of newness, and I'm adventuring into areas where I have very little experience. Launching this podcast is a perfect example of that. And there were so many moments where I felt discouraged because of my lack of experience and lack of knowledge in what I'm doing. I have zero business experience. I've never really been into like networking and marketing. And I would feel so scared that I would fail at this because I don't have the skills or the knowledge that other professionals may have in this industry. But when I think about my past decisions in the last several years, every time I had a decision to make that I knew would get me closer to the life that I want to build for myself, I felt uncomfortable every single time. And I have come to believe that my comfort zone lets me know where I need to grow as a human, as a wife, as a nurse and a business owner, as a friend. It gives me a blueprint for how I want to grow and what barriers I need to overcome to do that. Something I want you to reflect on is where in your life do you feel like your comfort zone is holding you back from the growth you want to experience? How can you step into courage and become open to being uncomfortable in the pursuit of the life you truly want for yourself? 
Lesson number nine, messy action is better than none. I have this tendency to want everything to be perfect, to work out exactly the way I want it to. And this ties really well into lesson number two about being unattached to the outcome. But this was a perfect year for me to learn that it doesn't always have to be perfect. If I had waited for everything to be perfect in 2021, a lot of the positive changes and experiences that happened for me and the people that I have met would not have occurred. Sometimes holding off on taking action because it may be messy can actually be a form of avoidance. So reflect on what are some things that you were avoiding as you're listening to this? Is there something in your life that has you waiting for things to be just right or line up perfectly and they haven't yet? And if so, is there any messy action that you can take to move you forward? Lesson number 10, and this is probably the most important lesson that I learned in 2021, is that my vision is my responsibility. The vision of my life, my dream life, my ideal future lies with me and me alone. Nobody else is responsible for handing me my dreams and making my goals happen. That responsibility to take action and to move things closer to that vision is mine. And whatever story I have around why I think I can't do it, why I don't believe in myself, why I'm not confident, why I don't think that I'm good enough, like this is all resistance that is nobody's responsibility but my own to work through. It's not my husband's job, my coach's job, my family or my friend's jobs to make me feel fulfilled and validated in what I'm creating. It's my job. That perspective is both scary and also empowering. You know, knowing that you and your choices are the most important factor in creating your future. So I want to challenge you in asking yourself, what ways are you getting in your own way and not taking responsibility for the way that your life is right now? And how can you shift into that empowerment mindset and start taking ownership of your life's trajectory? How can you keep your vision alive? Because if, if you don't find a way to keep it alive, it dies with you. So those are the 10 most important lessons that I learned in 2021. If you connected with any of these and you're wanting to cultivate a deeper connection with yourself and find a way to keep that vision that you have for your life alive, I have a free supportive wellness community that I launched. I would love for you to be a part of. It's called Heart Aligned Humans, where we lift each other up, keep each other accountable, and offer each other support in the pursuit of a life that is aligned with our hearts. I will link that in the show notes as well if you would like to join. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear your feedback. If you are listening on a podcast platform where you can leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. If this episode resonated with you at all, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and take a screenshot of the episode, share it on social media and tag me at nurse coach Sean. Thanks so much, guys. And as always, I am here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. 
It is my mission and my purpose as a nurse coach to be an advocate for self-love and compassion so that I can help you leverage your own inner power and healing potential in the pursuit of a well and aligned life. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have a wonderful week. I'm Nurse Coach Sean. And remember, when all is aligned, all is well. Love you guys.